0: Absolute power corrupts absolutely. Everyone, and welcome once again to another edition of the Master Plan. I am JT, a.k.a. The Master, and today it's going to be a thriller today. Today is October 9th, 2016. It's a very damp day over on the East Coast. A lot of inclement weather up and down the East Coast due to... uh, uh, Hurricane Matthew. Fantasy football is on the agenda as usual during the football season with me. Sit back, relax, grab your coffee, your milk, your tea, your orange juice, your lemon water, whatever that you drink when you're eating your breakfast. Um, and uh, pay attention. Because I got... A lot of information to put out there today. First off in the agenda. I talked about it yesterday. Um, It's on the musical side. I have to put this because I have to recognize a musical genius when you see one. Unheard of guy. You probably never ever realize who this guy was. Dating back into the early 70s disco time. Leading up to the song that you're hearing. No, it wasn't Quincy Jones Who wrote this song Also with Michael Jackson He wrote Off the Wall Also with, uh, uh, with Michael Jackson He wrote And he wrote it himself There was no collaboration He wrote it himself Rock With You Those are some notable songs But there's other songs That people who listen to music Know about With this guy how about Boogie Nights with Heat Wave? How about Groove Line with Heat Wave? How about people who like Slow Jams? One that I, I, is one of my favorites, always and f- forever with Heatwave. Was a member of Heat Wave, the keyboard, not from this country. Born in October, almost to the day, born in October. He wrote Give Me the Night By uh, 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 Sung by George Benson He wrote Yo May May Be There Sung by James Ingram And Michael McDonald He wrote Sweet Freedom My Michael McDonald Which both of those songs If you listen to uh, Running Scared with uh, Billy Crystal And Gregory Hines You know those two songs He wrote, uh, collaborated with Secret Garden, with um, El Barge, Quincy Jones. I know you heard that song before. He also wrote Razzmatazz. Some people don't know who Razzmatazz is. It's a Quincy Jones song, but he he wrote it himself. He also wrote Baby Come To Me with Patty Austin and James Ingram. Who am I talking about? Who, who, who could this possibly musical genius be? He passed away uh, in the last two weeks. I just realized who he was. I was amazed how much this guy actually wrote. And most of the, what I'm telling you, he wrote himself. A musical genius from London. He start, Like I said, he started with Heatwave, And those three first songs I told you about. Always for In Forever Groove Line and Boogie Nights. I'm talking about none other. And you're going to say who? Well, Google this guy once or Wikipedia this guy, and you'll see how much guy this guy was a musical genius. He was born in 1949, exactly October 9th today. They call him Rod or, or short, uh, they were, his name is Rodney Lynn, and, and, and his nickname was Rod Temperton. An unsung guy uh, for, for, for most people, but not for those in the musical industry, and definitely not for Quincy Jones, because Quincy Jones last him to a lot, and he did a lot for Quincy Jones, and quite naturally for Michael Jackson. I got a, my man Jeff that's calling in. Jeff happens to be a, a music history buff, and I don't know if he knows about this guy. Maybe he does. I'll bring him in, and uh, we'll talk about it for a short time. Hey Jerry. Hey man, how you doing? What's good. up, good yeah,
1: I, I I know who you're speaking about, uh Rod Temperton. Uh we yes. re, re, some referred to him as um and and not in a mean way as the invisible man yes. because uh he wrote so many hit songs, specifically uh the ones with Michael Jackson because yep. uh Thriller and Off the Wall were such you know, two of the biggest albums ever. Um, and, you know, you look on the album, which I'm sure, you know, I mean, everybody had that thriller album back in the eighties and, you know, you look on the record, you know, it's going way back and it says songwriter will say like it said on, on the credits, it's, you know, written by Michael Jackson and Rod Temperton. You're like, who's Rod Temperton? (laughs) Right.
0: Exactly. (laughs) Yes.
1: He's one of those guys. And, uh, I remember reading up on him a while ago and he was in, um, you know, he was in the band Heat Wave. Yes. You know, the disco group back in the seventies. Yes. You know, the big hit was Boogie Nights. Yes. And uh, one of you them. Know, because, uh, because
0: they, right. they had some real big big hits. That slow jam right. I was talking about, all way and Forever, that was right. a real big big jam. Trust me, trust that, me.
1: In my community, that, that
0: was a big hit.
1: Yeah, you know, you know, it's funny. Um, they're not the only group. <laughs> I think the the two lead singers were were in the army when they mm-hmm. when they got the group together, and then eventually right. the group became more than a part time thing and you know when you when you see these guys performing, it's kind of hard that they to believe that they were in the army you know? right <laughs> you know
0: exactly a yeah that
1: flamboyant stage persona, yep. not that there's anything yep. wrong with that you know right um you know but uh you know i I guess you know uh one of those people behind the scenes and uh maybe for for good reason wanted to stay behind the scenes. And I remember reading once that, uh, he, he started working with Michael Jackson. Um, it, it did have, you know, Quincy Jones was involved. He was producing, um, off the wall mm-hmm. and, you know, Quincy was, you know, so prolific. He, I'm sure he was, had a lot of other stuff going on at the same time. And Michael Jackson needed somebody to co-write with. And since, uh, you know, Quincy had already worked with uh, Temperton. You know, Mike. You know, he talks to Michael and he says, "Hey, listen. You know, uh, there's this guy I work with, Rod Temperton. He's a pretty good songwriter. Maybe you should uh, meet up with him, see if you get get along, and maybe you guys could sit down and uh, you know work on some songs together." And, right. and the rest is musical history.
0: Yes, exactly, man. I I, I was. I think I saw it on my uh, main homepage on the internet. Uh, one of the. Um, um, uh, tabs is saying that uh, Songwriter Rod Temperton Passed away and I'm like Who the heck is this guy so I quite naturally When it has something to do with music I clicked On it and I'm like Oh Oh And then I, I had a Wikipedia This guy and once I saw His um, list Of songs I, I, I was like Blown away because The uh, the, uh, uh, the majority of his songs were Hits big hits and and songs I used to li- listen to and dance to. It's like, wow, this, I'd never heard of this guy before. And this guy was a genius, a musical genius. <laughs> I, I couldn't believe I had never heard of this guy before. Um, uh, and, and you're right. He was a behind-the-scenes guy. and uh, um, But he was responsible for a lot of huge, I mean, huge signature hits. For people. So, um, God bless him. I mean, he he passed away almost to the day of his when he was born. Um, But, uh, uh, and and, uh, just like a lot of musical geniuses that don't come from this country, he was from uh, uh, across the pond, as they say.
1: You know, now, if if you get into Michael Jackson, you know, like uh, off the wall and thriller, which is pretty much his golden era. Right. Um, there was a rock singer whom Michael Jackson idolized and was also became friends with. I don't know if you're aware of that. That M- Michael really looked up to Freddie Mercury from Queen.
0: Oh, I didn't know that. I did yeah, not know and, that.
1: And and they were friends. They 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 had a little bit of a falling out. I heard different reasons for that. Mm-hmm. Um, but when uh, you know, uh, I think it started when Queen played. LA in the late 70s, you know, Michael was backstage and was just, you know, uh, you know, a huge fan cuz you know, uh, you know, Freddie was one of the all-time great frontmen and yeah, oh yeah. um but they they influenced each other cuz um Freddie did a solo album away from Queen and I think whenever that happens, especially if it's a lead singer, people the fans think, like, "Uh-oh, this is going to be end of Queen." And right. uh, uh part of the inspiration for that solo album was Michael. And, but uh, Fr- Freddie's solo album did not go over well, and these mm-hmm. bands are a lot like relationships, you know. Sure. It's, sure. You know, so like that, you know, it's like the solo career. Yeah, I'm kind of seeing somebody on the side, but then when the solo career, if it doesn't take off, you come running back <laughs> to your bread and butter, you know.
0: Right. Um right.
1: But uh, they, um, I think that on um, on. What, what was it? It was on. Uh, My, My, Michael was supposed to do a song with Freddie, but they couldn't get the permission from Freddie's label, so um, he had to do it instead with Mick Jagger. Um, you know, they they asked, you know, Freddie, you know, like later on, a few years later, about his friendship with Michael, and he said Michael got a little weird after Thriller, so they kind of lost touch after that. Okay. Um, you know, but. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, Queen is is one of the all time great rock groups, and they they had good crossover appeal too. Because when they, you know uh, some some fans can be very close minded, and rock fans are like that. And when Queen when they did another one bites the dust,
0: another like, one bites the dust. That's when you said talking Queen. That's what jumps in my right, mind, man.
1: Right, and the the problem is with with a lot of rock fans they hear something the littlest bit funky. They're like, ah, oh, that's effing disco. Ah, oh, get rid mm-hmm. of that crap, you know? Uh, right. I mean, like, anything, anything like a, a song with a little bit of funk on the guitar or the bass, they'll, they hate it. And it's mm-hmm. it's a bad way to be, you know? So um, sometimes a song like that could almost hurt hurt a band with a rock audience, you know? Um, but you know what cracks me up about music is like, when you to make the big money in the music business, like, you know, you got to have the crossover, you know yep. what I mean? I mean, you can make a living, oh, yeah. you know, playing to the rap crowd, playing to the rock crowd, playing to the country crowd, but if you're going to get real big, like real famous right. and make the big time money, you got to have right. at least one crossover hit, because that also kind of establishes who you are, exactly. you know, and then, yep. and then you can get into acting and commercials and whatever, mm-hmm. and... uh You know, it's such a cliche. Whenever an artist has a crossover hit, they'll ask them about it, and they they always say, "Oh yeah, you know, my music's for everybody. That's great." Like, I've never once heard an artist say, "No, I don't want those kind of people buying my albums. No, I don't. I don't want (laughs) those fans."
0: You You won't hear that. You You won't hear that. No,
1: because you'd 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 have to be a moron. The only problem is, you know, there's a little backlash from, you know, I guess, you know, your home fans. Mm-hmm. You know, from the genre where you established yourself, because sometimes when they go for the crossover, if it seems too contrived, then everybody they, says, oh, he's a sellout. sellout. He is, exactly. That. Yep. You yep. Know, which, which, like with the punk fans, the alternative fans, they're crazy. Like, it, it, you know, if if the, a punk artist learns how to play their instrument, you know, oh, they sold out. They learned how to play, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Oh, that guy learned how to sing. They actually had some production. That's a sellout. Oh, <laughs> he sold more than five albums. He sold out, you know, mm-hmm. it just goes to show you how, how silly some of these people could be.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know what, uh, a fan is short for. So fanatic. So it is what it is. So yeah. anyway, uh, let's talk of fantasy, man. Um, we had one game played already on Thursday night. The, uh, Arizona Cardinals beat the, uh, um, uh, uh, San Francisco 49ers. Uh, Jeremy Curley turned to be, the, and he's been like that. Um, not maybe not consistently, but he's been cons- pretty consistent. that uh, uh, pretty. He's been inconsistent with um, Blaine Garrett. Talk is that there there may be a uh, Colin Kaepernick exciting um, around the corner uh, because of the inaccuracy, the huge inaccuracy of Blaine Garrett and the frustration you could see on the field with the wide receivers that he was throwing to or attempting to throw to. Let me put it that way. Drew Stanton came in there and all he had was tunnel vision for Larry Fitzgerald. Uh, John Brown and Michael Floyd were uh, inconsequential. They were just afterthoughts. Uh, It was given the ball to uh, David Johnson who had a big night and those who had David Johnson are um, uh, putting themselves in a nice position um, with their opponents in fantasy. Uh, he had thirty-something points, if I'm not mistaken, uh, from that one night. And then a uh, Larry Fitzgerald, who I think had a, I think he had over a hundred yards or close to it, and had a couple of touchdowns also. Johnson and Fitzgerald were the main characters for um, the Arizona Cardinals, who needed a desperate win because they were one and three now they're two and three. Um, and hopefully they can get on a run. Uh, quite naturally, Carson Palmer, I, I owned Carson Palmer in a couple of the leagues, had to sit him. And get some substitutes. Fortunately, I I did have some uh, do have some substitutes. We'll go from there. We'll get to uh, 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 the first game, which happens to be, and it's just apropos. I mean, whatever it is, I'm gonna bring it out, get it out in it, it, it the first game, and get it over with because there's Jeff. Um, I don't like this team. Never have liked this team. I think the coach coach is someone of a genius. Uh, slash uh, slimeball, in my opinion, just just my opinion, because uh, I think he does some a lot of underhanded things that people uh, have brought out, and pe- some people don't even know about in being able to win football games. And he's won what four Super Bowls or whatever, along with his quarterback. <laughs> anyway, his quarterback is coming off a suspension, and the hype! Oh my God, the hype train is is uh, is way out there. Way out there. No one else can get on the track because the train is running and it's all St. Brady. Um, Tom Brady is going into Cleveland for his first game. I feel sorry for the Cleveland Browns. With Tom Brady coming back his first game against the Cleveland Browns, who are playing a rookie quarterback, decimated in the wide receiver position, and their defense, uh, pass defense or even the whole defense – is really uh, not who they want to see in Tom Brady and company um, today. Uh, Rob Gunkowski should play today. Julian Elliman is going to be playing today. On the other side in Cleveland, Josh McGowan quite now is out. Like I said, Cody Kessler is playing. Corey Coleman is out. Uh, and Andrew Hawkins and Terrell Pryor are going to be the main wide receivers along with Gary Barnage. uh Gary Blunt. Bour- Excuse me, Legarrette Blunt, who had been killing it in fantasy, uh, was limited in all practices because of his hip. Uh, if he doesn't play, then the work would be shared between D.J. Forster and James White, who James White's a, a, I would say a P.P.R. machine, but he's a a, a very good pass catching running back. Uh, but my projections right now, I think uh, Legarrette Blunt's going to play, and against this Cleveland defense. You play Brady. Uh, Brady, I think, is going to light it up. You play LeGarrette Blunt. You play uh, Julian Edelman, who, I mean, he's probably jumping for joy. Um, I mean, absolutely elated that Tom Brady's back. He, His, his BFF, uh, one of Tom Brady's BFF in the passing game is Julian Edelman. He's a PPR monster, especially in PPR. Uh, I think he's going to have an extremely good day. Uh, Rob Gronkowski. I got reservations about Rob Gronkowski because I don't think he's completely healthy, but uh, if he's playing, if he's active, you got to play him because you don't want to be the guy that's sitting him on the bench and he has 60, 70, 80 yards. You want to put him in, in there and just hope for the best that uh, he's healthy enough that besides getting the ball to Martellus Mint, who I suggest playing also, uh, I think uh, Gronkowski is going to have, if he's healthy enough, to play cuz each game he's played he's had more and more snaps and, and i think um he's been more or less they've been gearing him up in, for tom brady to come back and i think uh this is the beginning of old gronk the gronk so i like gronkowski on here uh, on the up on the other side oh my god they i i believe it or not new england's defense is pretty tough um and I guess this Cleveland uh, Browns game, I mean team, I would play them. Um, I'm more more than likely he's on somebody's they're on somebody's roster right now. Um, but if for whatever chance in whatever league that you're in, that New England is not sitting there on somebody's roster, you grab them and play them against this team against a, a rookie quarterback that Belichick just eats eats for breakfast. Uh. Other than that, the only other guy I would, only other guys I would suggest playing, and uh, uh, Terrell Pryor, even though New England is, is 12th against um, uh, the uh, wide receiver position and they're weaker against uh, tight end position, and I would play uh, Gary Barnidge. Um, what's your thoughts there, Jeff? Before we move on.
1: You know, um, well, I, I got to say this: I'm very proud that. Uh, at the end of the draft for my uh, dynasty team I got Terrell Pryor. So uh Good move. Yeah, yeah, you know, I I I thought he would contribute. I didn't realize it'd be so excuse me, so much right away. And uh you know, uh I think people, you know, were saying, oh well he's not gonna play as much with Josh Gordon coming back. Well Josh Gordon doesn't look like he's coming back.
0: No time. and
1: uh the the Browns, even though they switched prior to wide receiver, they you know they got him evolved a little bit, you know throwing a few passes and running it, and uh, for fantasy that all adds up. And I'll tell you, you know, uh, it, it's almost a shame that um, the Raiders wasted three years of his career trying to make him uh, an NFL quarterback, which most people felt that he wasn't. And they asked prior about switching to uh you know switch in position which is a big deal and he said something basically like I love football more than I love playing quarterback because uh good
0: attitude you know, real good right, attitude right.
1: and um you know good for him and yep. uh you, you know but think about it if he didn't those 3 years that's an eternity in football
0: sure that the, is.
1: the raiders were trying to turn him into a a, a pocket passer and uh,
0: mm-hmm. it
1: wasn't working and then I think he was kind of out of football last year, and uh, what, what you know, I think um, I think no, I think he was with uh, Cincinnati last year, um, you know, and uh, uh, yeah, it's impressive, and uh, you know, a guy like that, you know, um, the Steelers had used to draft guys, uh, the most notable Heinz Ward at quarterback, and then move him right. to receiver, but they had other guys like uh, Randall L. Right, so there have been other guys to make that move. Now y- your guy. Um, Jarek McKinnon, uh, he played quarterback in college and then got moved yes, to did. running back, which you right. don't see that as often. No, you don't. Um, and it, I think that's a harder transition because, uh, you know, it, it, it's uh, it's tough running between the tackles and uh, being able to do that. It's very a lot different than uh, playing quarterback. But what it means for McKinnon was, you know, he's got upside, so – uh, it looks like he's improved a lot since the last time he was getting a lot of carries back in uh, 2014. Now, with Cleveland, Bartage, with that guy, he just looked like a one-year wonder. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it just he was going high in the mock drafts, and um, uh, I just didn't want to invest in him that high. And with Gronk, no matter how good he is, it's, just, it's really hard for me to take the draft a tight end as high as he was going.
0: Right, and same here. And this was a
1: guy, he already had two injury plague seasons. Right. And, of course, you know, Belichick treats any injury like a state secret. So, <laughs>
0: uh, as
1: great as Gronk is, yeah. I, I just couldn't take him high. And, you, don't, you know, a guy like him, he's not going to last to the fourth round in a, in a, in a draft, maybe next oh, year, no, but not no. this year.
0: Not right. even
1: close. Yeah. So I, I was my my guy in the mocks and in uh, on my ESPN league was uh, Martellus Bennett because it's very easy to see him becoming, you know, an Aaron Hernandez type player, which, sure. you know, it used to be the double tight end was, uh, you know, a running formation. You know, Houston Oilers, you know, with a pound of rock with Earl Campbell with uh, two tight ends. uh Dave Casper and uh, Mike Barber, I think, was the other guy. Mm-hmm. Um, but then leave it to the Patriots to turn that into a passing formation.
0: Sure. Um,
1: so uh, you know, but I, I'll tell you though, uh, <laughs> Cleveland is uh, you know almost like one of these uh, cursed franchises or something like that. You know. Yep. Uh, but uh, you know the the thing is with the Patriots, they you know for fantasy they drive you crazy. I mean, you can't as a blanket statement, I guess you could, but it wouldn't be smart to say, I don't want any Patriots on my fantasy team, but you know, they really shuffle the running backs a lot. Mm-hmm. I I I think, and a lot of other people think with Brady coming back, Blunt's numbers are going to, or whoever's running the ball, the, their numbers are going to go down. Br- Brady, you know, he's borderline psychopath. So he's been counting the minutes to get back onto the field.
0: Oh yeah. You uh, think
1: so? Oh yeah. Um, and, uh, but with, you know, I mean, you know, maybe you could speculate on Patriots running backs for your bench, maybe, but you know, you, you, you can't, you can't invest a lot in these guys cause they keep changing them and whatever. I mean, they, right. they do like Belichick likes blunt and for, for a very obvious reason is you know, I mean, blunt, blunt's a good player, of course. Also, he doesn't fumble mm-hmm. and like any coach, uh, you know, Belichick hates fumbles, um, mm-hmm. So that's one of the reasons that Blunt has been able to stay relevant. And, they, you know, they brought him back, too. You know, he was uh, in Pittsburgh, and uh, uh, maybe he did that. He left that game on purpose just so he can get cut and go back to New England. Uh, <laughs> 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 you, you can't trust the Patriots. You know, You just nope. they're, they're the evil empire of the NFL. Um, yep. But, like, I, I'm serious. I think the last time the Patriots had one running back who was going to get a lot of touches – was Lawrence Maroney? I think. I mean, it's been that long. Yeah. Um, uh But that—that's—that's that's the way Belichick gets down, you know. Um, and you know, with some of these injuries, like with Gronk, you never get the whole truth. He's obviously not healthy. I remember the first Super Bowl against the Giants. He lined up and he played, but he couldn't get open. He couldn't do anything. You know, it's like mm-hmm. why do you mm-hmm. put him out there? Mm-hmm. Um, and then you know, with Edelman's injuries, and you, you mean. NFL teams don't give out much information. I mean, uh, uh, Patriots give out nothing, which is ridiculous because they're supposed to disclose some information about injuries. Um, But you know, there's something I got to mention, and I uh, I don't like to bust your chops, but I did notice in the Yahoo League that the the big one of the big stars of Week Four, you cut before before Week Four. Who's that? uh, Matt Ryan.
0: Oh yeah, 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 I did. I did do that.
1: But I, yeah, what can I, what, I?
0: Who would have thought that? It, it
1: yeah. happens. And yeah. you know what? Yeah. I noticed. Yeah, yeah. I, I and I, I don't usually notice that sort of thing. My mm-hmm. first, because some some fantasy GMs, they're too busy managing everybody else's team. You know what right. I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I mean, my thing is, I'm focused on who I got, who I'm starting, and who I can get. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yep. I, I, I'm. I, and, and once in a while, maybe you've been in a league where some guy is managing everybody else's team. Yep. It's like, mind your own beeswax, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Like you do the littlest thing. You're like, oh, I can't believe you did that. It's like, uh, do I know you? You know? Yeah. But, but I, I, it caught my eye. Uh, it happens. That, that <laughs>
0: you come back, Ryan. I, 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 well, and, he was going up against Carolina. And, and, correct. And uh, I said, well, no, I don't think he, this is the time Matt Ryan's going to come back. He, I don't think. Well, no one thought he was going to throw for three five hundred yards, man. Come on, right, no. I mean, gets, gets and, Carolina? no way.
1: And, and you know, uh, Jones is coming off a bad game. I think Ryan's coming off a bad game, and of course, someone picked up Ryan uh, in the league. But you know what? You don't want to chase points, and that guy who picked yep. up Ryan, he might be chasing points. Also, when you make a move, you you got to keep looking forward. You know, because yep. if you just keep yep. looking back, you'll never make any moves. You you nope. can't. You can't nope. run a team like that, you know. You gotta have a short. You gotta and, have a short memory. Yeah, you know. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, I you know I I did get a little chuckle.
0: <laughs> and 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 and, Je- and yeah. Jeff, ironically, I only lost by what two or three points in that game. Yeah. In that matchup. Yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, I would have. I would have. If I had kept him, uh, I would have absolutely obliterated that guy. But I only lost like. Yeah. Uh, within, it was less than three, three or four points I lost by, it, which is what it, it is. What it is. I mean, uh, every, every, every year, every season, you're going to, it happens that you make a move um, that you regret later on that could have give, given you a win. Um, but like I said, you got to have a short memory. You can't worry about it because it's, it's done. It's over and done. So yeah. you just move on and try not to mistake, make the same mistake again. But every year, I, I, I lost another match in another league, um, sitting guys on my bench versus putting you in there, in there because I overthought it. I had had him in there and I decided to, uh, take him out because I overthought it and it cost me a win. And every year I do the same thing at least once. It happens. I mean, you, you, you like to be perfect, you like to make exactly the best move for every matchup that you have if you play more than one fantasy team, uh, a year. But, um, it, there's going to be a point in time where you make a move uh uh with a player uh either you like I did either you release him or you keep him on the bench versus keeping him in the uh put him in a place uh um where he, where he should be but it's a, it's after the fact uh you could have won your match but you live and learn you move on and uh um try to do better the next match that's all you can do Anyway, let's get back. Let's get to the next matchup that we have. Uh, the surprising uh, – one of the surprising teams of the NFL is the Philadelphia Eagles, who are undefeated and are going into Detroit with a team that struggled last, last week against uh, their division rival in Chicago in the Detroit Lions. Um, it's quite natural. He's indoors, so it's ideal conditions. Dwayne Washington of the uh, Lions is not playing uh, along with um, tight end Eric Ebron. Um, and um, Carson Wentz, they're coming off uh, a, a bye week, so they're rested. They had a couple weeks to prepare for Detroit. Um, it, uh, Philadelphia, besides their offense being efficient, their defense is, happens to be no slouch either. Philadelphia's de- defense is uh, number ten uh, in preventing fantasy points against the running back position. Um, but uh, excuse me, not not Philadelphia. Detroit is. Um, let me get to de- uh, Philadelphia. Philadelphia is top five. Unbelievable that I I wouldn't have thought that Philly would be uh, as 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 good as they are right now. They're top five in preventing fantasy points against the quarterback, running back, wide receiver, and tight end position. Number one against the wide receiver, I mean, number one against the quarterback and tight end. Philly is. Philadelphia people. So they're going into a pass-happy team in um, Detroit because Detroit really doesn't have a running game. Uh, I knew Abdul... uh, um, Amir Abdullah is, uh, is, is hurt and is on the IR, uh, theoretic, who is a pass catching, uh, running back who doesn't do well running in between the tackles is the starting running back along with, uh, Zach Zenner, who's a, uh, um, uh, running, a running back slash fullback and, uh, golden Tate is a nondescript wide receiver compared to what he was last year. Uh, because of the emergence of another guy that I told you about earlier in, in the preseason, which was um uh Marvin Jones coming over from the uh Cincinnati Bengals. Uh if you watch the preseason you can see that uh, Sam Brat I mean uh, Sam Bradford, Matt Um Stafford was uh targeting Marvin Jones quite a bit compared to any other of the uh, other wide receivers, including Golden Tate. Uh I would say play um Marvin Jones but he's dealing with a foot injury and hopefully um he had a full practice on Friday so uh with that being said he did practice um Thursday in limited basis and had a full practice on Friday so I'm, I'm I'm thinking he's good to go if he if he's active and that uh he's going to be the main target even though that th- the uh uh defense of uh, Philly is um e- extremely stingy in preventing fantasy points against the wide receiver position. And Matthew Stafford, in itself, I know some people may have him as a starting quarterback. If you do, you temper your expectations because uh, this Philadelphia Eagles defense, who's had a week to rest and and a, a week, an additional week to prepare against uh, Detroit, um, is going to. I think wreck havoc on this offensive line for the uh, Detroit Lions. So I really can't, um, other than Marvin Jones and then Matthew Stafford, I, I, I can't even think about uh, starting anyone else because uh, of the fact is, I, I think that the, they're going to be stymied a lot on offense. Uh, surprising quarterback, another one of these rookies that, Number two pick in the draft, so he's expected to produce. And he's produced beyond expectations, has yet to throw an interception or even to turn the ball over in Carson Wentz. You play Carson Wentz because the defense of Detroit Lions, uh, 25th in preventing fantasy points in a wide receiver position. 31st next to last. Defending fantasy points in the quarterback position and the tight end position. They do what they do best. They're top 10 in, uh, against the run. So what do you do? You play Carson Wentz. What also do you do? His favorite target, uh, the handshake and the necktie uh, celebration that they have is Jordan Matthews. And the emergence after all this time, uh, the best friend, of a young quarterback is a tight end and they have a very athletic tight end in Zach Ertz who hasn't played, I think, until uh, uh, only in uh, the uh, first week. He's healthy now. He had a bye week, an additional week, a bye week, to rest up and healthy and uh, this is almost a perfect position for Zach Ertz to come back and, and resume his playing football. Talk to me, Jeff
1: you know i'll tell you um i was going to say that about Ertz uh kind of under the radar because he's been out for a few weeks but uh, mm-hmm. basically detroit is one of those teams where you want to start a tight end against right. um there's some others but of all fantasy positions other than the uh, uh team defense tight end is very matchup based and it's usually because of defensive scheme, not necessarily defensive talent. Right. Uh, the Giants used to be the team where you'd want to start, you know, <laughs> two tight ends yep. if it, if if their uh, team was playing the Giants. But uh, yep. they got, I guess they they changed the scheme a little. They updated the talent a little. I'll tell you, um, the bye week looks good, but you know, specifically like the Giants, for some reason and this goes back a lot of years, have a horrible record after bye weeks. So it's no guarantee of excellence. Um, I mean, Phillies look so good. It's like, uh, you know, a lot of people are starting Wentz this week. Uh, I think most people have other options, but if there's a bye week or whatever, um, uh, you know, and I mean, the thing is, uh, you know, you got to – it's tough to start a rookie quarterback, but, you know, so far – uh, four weeks. He's uh, he's looked pretty solid. So, um, but I'll I'll tell you, you know, um, uh, I'm glad I I don't think the hurricane was as severe in the United States. Unfortunately, I think there were some uh, casualties in uh, Haiti and some of the other Caribbean countries. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and least of the concerns about that was fantasy. But I was a little worried because you know I'm in a deeper league. And in that league my two quarterbacks are uh Tannehill and Alex Smith
0: mm-hmm.
1: and Alex Smith's on a bye and if that Dolphins game got postponed, I would have been screwed. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah, I mean yeah, I, was, yeah. I, I was you know, I mean, I guess if I had to, they would they made the announcement on Saturday, I could have put in the Saturday night waiver. But then I'd be dropping a guy I really want just to have a warm body, a quarterback, and that's a deep league. So I think the only guys they had available were Case Keenum and somebody else, you know, Mm -hmm. and that's just not the way you want to go down, you know. Um, But those things do happen occasionally. I remember once because of a hurricane, uh, a game in Houston got uh, moved and – you know, it, it was a last-minute uh, wrench into uh, fantasy football. But, unfortunately, real life gets in the way of fantasy football. Um, but, uh, you know, you wonder, I mean, with Philly, I mean, you know, when, when's it going to strike midnight for them? And I'll tell you, looking at the 49ers, um, you wonder. Um, I, you know, I wanted Chip Kelly, you know, the former Eagles coach, uh I wanted his offense to succeed in Philly just because, you know, it's something different, and I thought it, you know, added some excitement into the NFL game. But, you know, the NFL, it's a very high level of competition, and all the, all the defenses, they figured it out. And I, I was a little surprised he got a job so quick in San Francisco. And, you know, they, 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 they got to lead the league in three and outs, and that kills the defense. And it's hard to imagine – Chip Chip Kelly coming back for another year in San Francisco, you know. Not that I'm, I'm nothing against the guy. You know, I hate when you hear, you know. Usually this is the big time media guys calling for somebody's job, you know. Uh, but it's hard to imagine him coming back next year. So if the Forty ers bring in a new coach for next year, which looks very possible, that could be their fourth head coach in four seasons. Well,
0: um, we got to think about this, Jeff. That. I think, and I'm not saying Kelly is going to be safe because uh, it all depends on what happens to Trent balky and I think he's he's uh, um, either he, either he gets fired before the season ends or he definitely gets ousted by the end of the season because for those 49ers fans uh, or for those other fans that um, know about the 49ers, uh, his track record in the draft is abysmal. Um, uh, picking up free agents, <gasps> excuse me, it's abysmal. Um, and uh, you can't keep a, a storied franchise like the 49ers um, constantly going through the same things they've been going through over the last few years because of a GM who is ignorant, in my opinion, uh, incapable of making the right decisions for a team, and extremely stubborn and um, uh, and uh, detrimental for the organization as a whole, in Trent Belke, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, you know, I mean, it, it, that's the key word, organization. You know, it's more than just the head coach. You need right executives and ownership. And uh, you, you know what? That I'll tell you. You know, a, a lot of people don't like Harbaugh, but it wasn't just him. But he he built he built the winner there.
0: Exactly. And exactly. He moves
1: on. And it's like they're like the cursed teams. They lead the yep. league in retirements. You yep. know, um, yep. like we're and talking a young for guys.
0: That. No, and, there, yeah. and there's a reason for that. Yeah. And, 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 and it's not the, It's not the and, and it's and it's not the head coach, in my opinion. It's the organization that's causing guys that said, "I've had yeah. enough. I'm I don't want yeah. I don't want to play. It, I don't want to play anymore."
1: And and, so. and not surprisingly, Harbaugh goes to Michigan, and you know. Uh, you know what are they number ranked number four? Uh, yep. They just humiliated Rutgers, yep. um,
0: which Rutgers nothing.
1: does not belong in the Big Ten.
0: No, uh, no way. And
1: you know what? I think now people will finally give Harbaugh his due. Like if you don't like the guy, that's your opinion. But mm-hmm. he's obviously a very good coach. Uh right. He's won everywhere, and yep. you you can't deny that. It's nope. so silly that yep. that people still put the guy down. It's like you can't win with you know, based on your name or you, or, or whatever, or, or with mirrors or whatever. You just can't. You know, there's some things you can't BS. And, and um, you know, college might be right for him. You know, because uh, mm-hmm. uh, he's got the big ego like a lot of these coaches do. And, you know, I mean, uh, at this point, you can't see him going to a small program, but you know, a big-time job like Michigan is almost as, as big as the NFL. And, when you when you're a head coach at a place like Michigan, you know you call the shots, and the media doesn't mess with you. You are the guy, you know, and uh, guy, you know. Uh, why do you think uh, Saban stays in Alabama? You know, um, yep, yep. Uh, you know, uh, so and the media is a lot different when you're a big time college coach. I mean, yeah, you know, the pressure to win is there, but as long as you win, you know, you're a deity, you know. Um, mm-hmm. So, right. but I'll tell you though that Rutgers—they—they they should have stuck it out in the uh, American Athletic Conference because uh, they got shellacked two weeks in a row. So, uh, uh, you know, you got to know who you are, you know, and, and a Big Ten school, geographically and many other ways, they are not.
0: All right, let's move on to Chicago at Indianapolis. Uh, Jay Cutler remains out with a thumb injury. Coach John Fox said that Brian Hoyer, yes, I'm stumbling over my words when I say this guy. <laughs> <laughs> Brian Hoyer will remain the starting quarterback. Hoyer has passed for 300 yards, over 300 yards, and two scores in both starts and had no interceptions, and which is mind-boggling to me. Uh, and that's a major improvement over what Cutler did in the first two weeks. So um, – and – He's in a dream matchup, in my opinion. If you're on a bye week, no Russell Wilson, um, no Alex Smith. uh, uh, He's looking for no Cam Newton for whatever reason. He's not on a bye, but he's hurt. And Brian Brian Hoyer is out there. Um, I would suggest picking him up. Put him in your lineup against the Indianapolis Colts, who are 20th against quarterback fantasy points, 29th against the running back. Uh, fantasy points. They, they defend the wide receiver the best, their eighth, and their 16th against the tight end. So, the quarterback position is the weak position that the Indianapolis Colts, which is no, no which is, doesn't surprise me, um, because, uh, they didn't really do that much to, uh, it, um, improve their defense, uh, and, uh, Brian Hoyer would be a good bye week feeling. Um And also, you quite naturally, people who are Jeremy Lankford um, owners, now uh, they've gone to the rookie, Jordan Howard, who who is balling out. Um, you definitely got to play him against this uh, uh, Indianapolis defense. And uh, uh, Alshon Jeffrey, as long as he's healthy and he's active, you got to play him. Um, and uh, Brian Hoyer likes throwing to Alshon Jeffrey, big target. Um, easy to uh, catch overthrown balls, which Brian Hoyer likes to throw balls high, which also and Jeffrey can snatch it out of the air because he's got a huge catch radius. Um, uh, Kevin White's hurt, so there's another guy that uh, it may be rising up on the scene because of uh, Eddie Royal. Uh, it's questionable game time decision, but I still think that this kid uh, is a uh, could be a a deep sleeper, and Cameron Meredith. Uh, If you have a spot on your bench for a wide receiver that you want to speculate and take a shot with, um, this doesn't hurt in an offense that uh, uh, Brian Hoyer, who um, short to to medium passes would be able to get the ball to, and that would be Cameron Meredith. And that would be along the same lines as uh, Zach Miller. Who uh, lit it up last week um, may not do it this week, um, but um, they're playing the Lions, uh, and the Lions' defending at tight end um, is like the New Orleans defense. It's a sieve. I mean, it's almost a lock. This guy is going to get double digits. From your tight end position The amount of catches and yards that he's going to get And they look for him in the uh, uh, End zone Miller has three Three. Uh, uh, Miller has three t- touchdowns um, Of the four That were thrown by Brian Hoyer So he likes thrown to Zach Miller uh, And Zach Miller uh, Had a team high eight receptions For 78 yards and two scores uh, Last week in Dallas So I would say play Zach Miller without any reservations in this game, going up against the uh, uh, um, um, the uh, Indianapolis Colts. Right? Am I right about that? Yes, yeah, going up against the Indianapolis Colts. I, I like Zach Miller in this game also. Um, I, you know, it may not be a high scoring game, but uh, I think it's going to be in the twenties, somewhere around that. Um, and uh, quite naturally, you play Andrew Luck. It's that that's a no-brainer. So I, I mean, I really have, don't have to tell you that T. Y. Hilton is a no-brainer in this too. Um, Frank Gore, um, because Detroit is not a good defensive team. I mean, I mean, Chicago is. Uh, I should say this: Chicago's weakness is defending the running back position. They do better uh, against the quarterback and wide receivers, but their weakness is the running back position. And be it, as is may that. Uh, Frank Gore is one of the oldest running backs. I still, um, uh, I still can't believe he's he's still playing uh, and be, being effective. Uh, he's I think he's the second oldest running back behind D'Angelo Williams, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I think he, he he'll get a trip into the end zone. I think they'll be able to move the ball against Chicago. Get a trip into the end zone. Uh, like I said, you play T.Y. Hilton, and um, uh, if you're desperate is you're absolutely desperate for a running back. And this is only pertaining to PPR. Um, Josh Ferguson, who is the uh, – who caught seven passes, even though they're only for 33 yards, but he he, uh, um, caught seven passes for 33 yards, which is double digits in a PPR. That's why I'm telling you. He's good in PPR standard. No. PPR, yes. If you're looking for a flex, you have, for whatever reason, you got so many – Uh, players on by that you're searching. Just try uh, Josh Ferguson, and this is only in PPR. Uh, What you got, Jeff?
1: Yeah, I'll tell you. uh, Yeah, Frank the Tank Gore, still getting it done. Uh, I mean, not, you know, a first-round pick in fantasy drafts anymore, but still, you know, still relevant. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, I'll tell you you know he's what, what's he maybe five nine but and built low to the ground and i i think that might be one of the secrets or the reasons for his longevity because then i see that guy uh latavius murray on the raiders who, who's you know a good running back but he's so tall and he he runs tall you know um mm-hmm. and, and just gore it's so it's Tough to hit him. It's tough to get under his pads, you know. Uh, I mean, uh, you know, like I said, Murray's a good back, but I don't know if he's built for longevity. There used to be a guy. Oh, what was his name? Chris Brown. The guy was like six four. I think he ru- ran totally upright. He looked like a yep. giraffe. That, yep. that guy didn't last too long.
0: Yep. Yep. There's, there's a lot of them. I mean, uh, and I. I I mean, there's some of the others that have run run well uh, and and survived. Look at Eric Dickerson. Eric Dickerson is, is yeah. the epitome of, of a guy running straight up, oh. but because he was so smooth and had such vision, he didn't really take a lot of hits um, because of his speed and his elusiveness, uh, which which, which, was, which was the which was the key. Uh, that that's just an example of a guy that's running straight up, uh, and he he had some kind of longevity. Uh, versus uh, a guy like uh, Eddie George who took a lot of hits uh, and he ran a, a, a straight up also. So, um, and, and that, I think that had a tendency to shorten his career also. Well,
1: the, the giants had a real tall guy for a while, Brandon Jacobs. Yep. Um, uh, but you know, he, he, uh, you know, he, he took a lot of hits. He dished out a lot of punishment. He, he was, he was very good, but, uh, they they weren't the Giants weren't giving him 400 uh, carries a year or anything like that. Uh, mm-hmm. And that that guy is probably one of the biggest running backs ever. I'll tell you, you know, with going back to the Bears, their wide receiver situation. Um, uh, Kevin White, he's done for the year.
0: You know, yeah, um,
1: yeah. second year again. in a row again. Yeah, and you know, I I'm fairly certain they they thought he would uh, replace Brandon Marshall. You know, mm-hmm. and they'd be able to. I still have a great pair of receivers, him with Jeffrey, because when they had both Marshall and Jeffrey, that was one of the best duos in the league. But, uh, you know, you can't underestimate the importance of, of uh, staying on the field. And I'll, I'll tell you, you know, um, I look at the Giants receivers and they I wish they, they had a tall guy like a guy like Plaxico Burris, you know. Uh, I, I think that would help Eli, <laughs> you know, just having a guy who could just – you get it within a few yards of them and they can reach for it, you know, um, Mm because the Giants receivers are are excellent. I don't want to talk about the one guy, um, but they're not the tallest guys, you know, and you, you know, you, you don't need, you know, three Kareem Abdul-Jabbar playing wide receiver, but I think you do want one tall guy uh, Mm -hmm. in the mix. If you're an NFL team, you want one of those guys, I think.
0: All right, let's move on to a game that's being played in South Florida, Miami with one of the, uh, towns down in the south. I said towns. One of the cities down in the south that was spared uh, um, any serious uh, effects of Hurricane um, Matthew, and uh, they're hosting the T- Tennessee Titans. Uh, the Miami Dolphins are, um, and the Tennessee Titans are both um, one and three. Tennessee Titans are uh, uh, at five hundred on the road. They're one and one on, on the road. Um, the Dolphins offense are um, one O at home. Um, and to me, this is a – I don't pick winners and losers here, but it's a coin toss. And it's also a coin toss, so who, who I think is going to be effective here. Uh, one guy for sure who I think he's the top runner in fantasy would be uh, – and he's not surprising to me. Uh, and it, I think he was a bargain where he was drafted, probably drafted in a third or fourth round somewhere around there. Uh, even DeMarco Murray, because a lot of people were um, dissuaded from picking him because of what happened in Philly, uh, but he was not used the way he should be used as he be, would be used in Dallas, and now, again, being used in Tennessee. Um, I think he's going to run well through this um, um, Dolphins defense, so he's a no-brainer to play. Uh, uh, um, Richard Matthews? I'm trying to think who, who got who got benched in here. I think it was Matthews. Mench- uh Matthews. I'm trying to think who the heck got benched. I, I, anyway, Andre Johnson's the starting running uh, uh, um wide receiver right now. Uh over uh I thought it was Rashad Matthews, if I'm not mistaken. Uh they, they're not happy with Rashad Matthews, and I think that uh, Andre Johnson is now gonna be the starting uh, wide receiver, along with um, the rookie uh, T.J. T- T- Sharp, who was burst on the scene early and has already fizzled out. Um, I don't think he's going to be doing too much in here. I think it's going to be Marcus Mariota. As long as this guy's healthy, he w- he led the, led the targets and receptions last year, um, and I had pumped him up big time, and he came through for me last year. And as long as he's healthy, he's going to come through for you again. And that's Delaney Walker. Uh, I think that the uh, Miami Dolphins are 19th in preventing fantasy points against the tight end position, 29th against the wide receiver position. So as long as Marcus Mariota can get the ball out of his hand, even though Miami's 10th against the uh, quarterback position. So, so there's going to be a serious pass rush coming at Marcus Mariota. So he's going to, get to need the ball to get that out quick, either to the tight end or the uh, – Running back, um, I think both of those guys, Lady Walker and uh, uh, DeMar- DeMarco Murray, going to have big games. Uh, not so much with the uh, wide receiver position, but the tight end and, and the running back for Tennessee should have a uh, um, decent day today, and for those owners who have them, um, plug them in there with confidence. And as long as they don't get hurt, hurt and knock on wood, um, they'll they'll be able to come through for you. Now, Tennessee. Their defense in the quarterback, running back and wide receiver position are top top eleven. top ten against the quarterback or running back. So what's that say say to you? I say that uh Ryan Tannehill is going to be throwing the football because the um Miami Dolphins don't run it that well. Um it's a, a New England Patriot philosophy in who's running the football at Miami. Meaning, they got several running backs and you never know who's going to be the feature back. So you stay away from any Miami um, running back until they figure it out. Who's going to be the feature? Maybe they're waiting for Arian Foster. They're waiting until the cows come home for Arian Foster to get healthy. And for out wherever how long he's going to stay healthy. I try to tell people, don't draft Arian Foster. It's not when he if he's going to get hurt, It's when. Um, it, and and quite, quite naturally, he got hurt early, and he's, he's he'll he'll be like that. He's not the type of guy. And, 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 I, and I, let me expound on Arian Foster for a minute because I know him well. He's not the type of guy that heals quickly. When it's soft tissue injuries, um, they linger for him. Uh, I don't know. Some guys heal quicker than others, and quite naturally, Arian Foster is not one of those guys that heals quickly. He's got a groin and hamstring injury, uh, and I, he, who knows when he's going to come back? Who knows when he's going to come back? So you're, you're, dealing with, you're dealing with Damian Williams. You're dealing with Jay Ajay. You're dealing with Kenyon Drake and company. And it doesn't seem like the Miami Dolphins can make up their mind Who's going to be the feature back and try to get this, got try to get them going? So they throw a mismatch of guys out there, hoping to get any kind of running game, and it hasn't worked. So Ryan Ryan Tannehill is tasked with throwing the football to Jarvis Landry and Devontae Parker, which I think they're going to eat this Tennessee um, team alive. That's the only way Miami's going to move the football is with the in the air. So you play these guys. Uh, Jarvis Landry, in my opinion, is a PPR machine. He has been like that ever since he's been in the league. Um, PPR, uh, you you start him with confidence. Uh, In this game, I think he's a wide receiver one. And Devontae Parker, I think he's a wide receiver three or in a flex position. Um, I think both of these guys are going to get targeted early and often. Targets equal opportunity quite naturally. When you got opportunities, you got chances to catch the football and be effective. I like both of these guys to be effective in this game. Talk to me, Jeff.
1: Uh, you're killing me about Arian Foster. You know, Oh, yeah. I know um, him well, man. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, this is off the field. You know, he, he was unpopular with a lot of fans in Houston because he was very publicly an atheist. Yeah. And uh, it's not common for athletes, especially, you know, in the Bible Belt uh and, and, and then you know the jokes were, hey, maybe if he wasn't an atheist, maybe he'd heal a little faster, you know? Yeah, yeah, and <laughs>
0: and, 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 and and you know, I thought about that a few times when he came out like that. I said, man, you, and, you, you're doing the wrong thing here, and you're getting punished for it. And, and doesn't uh,
1: doesn't he? Whenever I see Arian Foster, does doesn't he look a lot like a, he looks like a a, a lighter-skinned Kyrie Irving? Don't those two guys look alike?
0: Uh. Eh. I don't know about that. I don't know about that. Yeah.
1: Okay. This um, Andre Johnson, who knows? This this opportunity could uh, return him to uh, fantasy relevance. It's a good matchup for him. I'm curious why more veteran receivers like him, possession guys, don't get moved inside to tight end. I'm surprised you don't see it, uh, you know, if a guy loses a step or two. But, uh, you know, for wide receivers – Uh, for guys who have been in a league a long time like him, uh, sometimes it's hard to stick around as a backup because most NFL teams, they want the backup wide receivers to play uh, special teams. Special
0: teams, exactly.
1: And and guys like that who have frequently had been stars Mm -hmm. don't play special teams or haven't played special teams. So uh, I think that's that's ended a couple of uh, wide receiver careers prematurely. Yeah. but uh, who knows, this could be uh, a nice little comeback for uh, Andre Johnson, who was, one time was maybe the best wide receiver in, in the game.
0: At one point, yes, yes, he was. All right, let's move on to uh, the Beltway matchup, uh, the Washington. Oh, excuse um, me, Je-
1: Jerry, I, I, I got to go. So. Okay, Jeff. Um, good luck hey, good this luck.
0: week. Same yeah. to you. Uh, thanks for calling in, and yeah. uh, we'll talk to you on Thursday.
1: all right take care. Bye-bye.
0: Yep. All right, people. Uh, that was Jeff the Joker. He he joined me uh, for a brief time, and I'll always welcome his expertise and his knowledge of the game, uh, in, especially in fantasy. Uh, like I said, we're moving on to the Washington and Baltimore matchup. It's going to be a chilly sixty-three degrees and partly cal excuse me, partly cloudy with some wind. Uh, Josh Dachson on the Washington side is, remains out with a uh, um, lower leg injury. Uh, Kenneth Dixon is a possibility that he's going to uh, make his his uh, um, 2016 debut behind uh, Terrence West, who balled out last week. And uh, let's think about this for a minute, people. Do you want to play Kirk Cousins? Absolutely. Um, uh, Baltimore is one of the better defenses. Uh, they're top ten in, in, in eighth. Preventing fantasy points in quarterback position Number four in running back position Teenth against the wide receiver And six against tight end Uh, The Baltimore defense is back, people The Baltimore defense Is back But do you play Kirk Cousins? If you're on a bye week Yeah, you play Kirk Cousins Uh, Because I think Kirk Cousins In in his game uh, Will be effective With throwing the Jameson Crowder uh, thrown to Pierre Gosson and thrown to Deshaun Jackson. Now the, the and Jordan Reed. Now the question is this Who's going to get into the end zone that Kurt Cousins is going to throw a touchdown pass to? I like Jamison Crowder in this. He is a wide receiver three four with and especially a flex. I think he's going to be used early and often. He likes to be uh patrol in the middle of the field and I think uh Kurt Cousin Uh, likes to make safe throws to either to Jamison Crowder or to Jordan Reed as an athletic tight end. So you play both those guys. Now, do you play Deshaun Jackson or do you play Pierre Gonçon? Are you looking for the big splash play that's going to give you some huge fantasy points all in one play? Or are you going to have catches and yardage and maybe a touchdown? I like Deshaun Jackson in this game. Um. So I'm thinking that you played Deshaun Jackson. I told you the other guys that I would play. There's, I'm not, I'm not feeling anybody in the running position, unfortunately. Now, quite naturally, people do have Matt Jones. I'm not feeling Matt Jones. I'm not thinking he gets into the end zone. He may get you 50 to 60 yards, and maybe a catch or two, but. That, what, what I mean, if you're looking for that type of production from your running back position, then so be it. Hopefully, you're strong and quite strong in the other positions in order to offset that. Uh, the, Joe Flacco playing at home against Washington. I like Joe Flacco. He's been balling out. Mike Wallace and Steve and Senior, Steve, Steve Smith Senior, seemed like he's been revitalized over the last few weeks. Now, and this has happened, Steve Smith stays hot for a few weeks, and then he floats back into, I wouldn't say mediocrity, but he floats, he comes back down on uh, um, reality. So this week, against a defense that is 16th in a running, uh, uh, quarterback position, 30th in running back, and 26th in wide receiver position, and 13th against a tight end, I would play, and that's the Washington Redskins defense, I would play Steve Smith, Jr. Um, wide receiver, two, three, somewhere around there. Definitely a flex. Um, I, Terrence West, I think he's going to ball out here. Kenneth Dixon, first game back. He's not going to be doing I think he's the running back of the future. I told you that before. Um, they cut uh, Justin Forsett. They wanted to go younger. Terrence West is one of them. I think Kenneth Dixon is going to be the other one. If you don't have a uh, – if you do have a spot on your roster – and you're looking for a running back Hello, Kenneth Dixon Welcome to my Team Put him on your roster Wait, wait, wait Running backs always getting nicked up And you, depending on the philosophy of the coach He may want to go to a even younger running back As in Kenneth Dixon versus Terrence West So just wait, wait, wait um, Dennis Pitta uh, I'm playing Dennis Pitta I have faith in Dennis Pitter. He had 102 yards in week two. Um, he was held to 42 yards in week three and only 17 yards last week. And he, he hasn't scored. But I'm calling for a score for Dennis Pitter this week. Joe Flacco is friends with Dennis Pitter. Likes throwing to him. Safe throw in the middle of the field. Dennis Pitter's is going to get involved. You got Dennis Pitter. Put him in your lineup and uh, um, and play him with confidence. All right, let's move on to the uh next matchup, which would be the uh another one o'clock. My Houston Texans at the Minnesota Vikings. Jonathan Grimes is out. Braxton Miller is uh, uh expected to come back. Um he was hurting for a while, uh with a hamstring if I'm not mistaken. Um and he he's it's the the other rookie uh wide receiver is expected to come back. Um the uh, young tight end, Steven Anderson, is out. Uh, but the uh, two other tight ends, Ryan Griffin and T.J. um will fill in. On the other side, uh, Stephon Diggs is not expected to play. So it's uh, Cordell, Cordell Patterson, uh, Adam Thien, and quite naturally others today, like in Charles Johnson. Let's Let's break this down because and um this is going to be an interesting matchup. Uh quite naturally people know that JJ Watt is no longer um, going to play this year with the Houston Texans defense. Um so this should be an interesting matchup of uh one of the best defenses in 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 the league and, and they lead the league in tur- turnovers, which is Minnesota Vikings uh going up against the uh Houston Texans uh visiting in Minnesota. Uh, Lamar Miller, uh, has yet to visit in the end zone, but I think he gets double digits in between the time, uh, he gets 60, 70, 80 yards, somewhere around there, uh, and catches three or four passes for 20, 30 yards. He'll get you low double digits. So you keep playing Lamar Miller. He's not going to have that one big breakout game in here. Uh, this defense stifles, um, offenses. Uh, and I think that's not going to work here. Uh, the emphasis is going to be in De- on DeAndre Hopkins. I know they're going to try to get DeAndre Hopkins the ball. Um, about Brock Osweiler is going to try to get DeAndre Hopkins started early and often, which is going to be detriment passing game. Uh, I think uh, the key to every defense – When they go against the Houston Texans, besides stopping Lamar Miller, it's stopping DeAndre Hopkins, and that's why I think Will Fuller has been uh, uh, so effective, and I think uh, even though this defense is is pretty stifling, I think there are going to be um, chances that Will Fuller gets a big splash play uh, and and gets a trip into the end zone. So you still play Will Fuller, uh, and I would play him in the wide receiver 3-4 and also in the flex position. Um, otherwise than that, uh, on the Minnesota side, uh, I like Jarek McKinnon. I've th- been telling you about this kid for the last two weeks. I think he, 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 more and more experience he gets in running the football and with a quarterback like Sam Bradford who can open up uh, and, and get the ball down the field accurately, he's going to get more and more running room. And uh, um, I think he gets close to 100 yards today against the. Houston defense minus J.J. Watt is is in the middle of the pack and preventing fantasy points from the um, uh, running back position. Uh, and I also like um, Charles Johnson. Stephon Diggs is not going to be playing, and I'm I'm not a big fan of Cordell Patterson. Adam Thien is a possession receiver. I think that he's going to get some decent looks. Maybe, maybe in the double digits, but I like Charles Johnson uh, to to jump on the scene and, and to make some noise in this game. All right, let's move on to um, a uh, another is it a one o'clock game, another one o'clock game, and this is the last one o'clock game: the New York Football Jets visiting Pittsburgh. Eric Decker is out again. Uh, Quincy Anunua. Inou- 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 Will fill him. Austin Severia Jenkins is expected to make his debut today, which is which is uh, can be a key in here, which can be a key in here. People, the Jets haven't had a viable tight end, an athletic tight end, in years, and now they have one in Austin Severia Jenkins. As long as he can keep on the straight and narrow, um, this is his first game with the Jets, so don't expect anything. But I'm speculating here. They're going to want to use this tight end. It may not be this week, and it could be, but I, I just have a, my gut feeling is this is a very uh, big tight end, uh, has a great, great catch radius and an athletic tight end. Um, they're down Eric Decker. Uh, in, in, in Numa, in Numa is is banged up. Um, Brandon Marshall is the key key here. They're going to be run, trying to throw the ball to Brandon Marshall early and often. And Pittsburgh is 17th in, against fantasy points in a wide receiver position. Matt Forte and Bilal Power. Power should have a decent day. They're 26. I'm talking about Pittsburgh, preventing fantasy points against the running back position. And 23rd. And that's why I say Austin Seferian Jenkins. 23rd in preventing fantasy points against the tight end position. Don't be surprised, people. And I'm not telling you to play them, but don't be surprised if there's an Austin Safarian Jenkins sighting in this game today. Just that, just to know, just let you know, and I'm putting it out there right now, that there could be a, a, a uh, quite a showing. <laughs> We're Austin awesome for Severian Jenkins. Uh, I don't like I don't like Ryan Ryan Fitzpatrick in this and he's too too mistake prone. Can't tr- can't trust him and there's a bad history the Jets uh going up against Pittsburgh. You play um uh uh Roethlisberger. Jets are 26 in preventing fantasy points against the quarterback position. 21st in the wide receiver position. I don't have to tell you to play Antonio Brown. That's a no-brainer. Sammy Coach is going to get his in this game, too. When they key the coverage on Antonio Brown all day, every day, and twice on Sunday, and this is Sunday, Sammy Coach. And I don't have to tell you to to play Mr. Bell because the Jets, like I said, even though they're 11th in preventing fantasy points, we're talking about Le'Veon Bell, who catches – and, and, and catches the ball besides running it and was spread out as a wide receiver. So they're using him all over the field, not just in the backfield. He he should have a big day today. All right, let's move on to the next game. And, and the first of uh, uh, a few four o'clock games, which would be the Atlanta, Falcons at the Denver Broncos Trevor Simeon Is not going to be playing so quarterback, uh, A rookie quarterback Paxton Lynch will get his first start Now just think about this today Just think about this Carson Wentz, rookie Starting today Dak Prescott, and we'll talk about him later Starting today Cody Kessler, we already talked about Starting against the New England Patriots Rookie, starting today And Paxton Lynch Rookie first start today. Four rookie quarterbacks starting for their teams. Two of those teams are three. No, three of those teams are three and one. Three and one. I you know I don't know if that that's some type of record or whatever, but three of those teams are three and one. Let's let's go to this. Denver at Atlanta. I mean Atlanta at Denver. I'm sorry. Matt Ryan threw for over 500 yards. Now we Jeff talked to you earlier and said I had dropped them, uh, ironically, but they were going up against Carolina. I thought I had a better matchup. Quite naturally, I proved wrong, and you do things like that. You try you try to be as correct as possible. Sometimes it doesn't work out, and quite naturally, it didn't work out for me last week. And um, I lost by three or four points. I forget exactly what the margin of loss was, but it was somewhere in that vicinity. Now, if I had played Matt Ryan and stuck to my guns, I would have run, run one big time, big time, huge. But I didn't, and it is what it is. I can't turn back the hand of time. I just got to move forward and try not to, like I said before, make the same mistake again. But in this one, uh, you got to temper your expectations because there's the fierce pass rush in Denver. They're seventh in preventing fantasy points at the quarterback position. Thirteenth against the running back. First against wide receivers. That no-fly zone that, that a lot of people have talked about, uh, Keith Tlaib, T.J. Ward, um, Chris Harris, is no joke. Is no joke. Um, Julio Jones, uh, and their 15th against a tight end position. Julio Jones, who had 300 yards last week, last week good luck. <clears throat> good luck this week. Um, they're going to try to run the football. I think their, their key is to running the football as, as often as possible to try to open up the, the offense to get Julio Jones effective down the field. It's going to be difficult. Um, he's not going 300 yards. I don't even think he gets a hundred yards in this game. He may get because he's targeted so much, uh, in PPR, he'll get, he'll get double digits, but I don't think that what you got from Julio Jones, it will be even close to what he's going to get this week. Uh, but you got to play him because he's Julio Jones. You got to play Devontae Freeman. You got to play him. And, uh, for those who are desperate at quarterback and are willing to risk playing Matt Ryan, I guess you play him um, uh, and, and hope for the best. Uh, they're on the road. They're playing in Denver against a top flight defense in Denver. you roll the dice, but if you have no other better options, then you roll the dice. On the other side, Paxton Lynch is going up against Atlanta, who is dead last in preventing fantasy points against the uh, quarterback position. 28th against the running back, 24th against the wide receiver, and 32nd against the tight end, meaning that Paxton Lynch, as long as he um, takes care of the football and makes smart decisions, is a viable option for somebody that doesn't have Cam Newton, the viable option for someone that doesn't have Alex Smith is a viable option for somebody that doesn't have Drew Brees for replacement. This is probably ideal, one of the ideal quarterbacks to play against a defense that is not that good and is playing on the road in Denver. You play C.J. Anderson, because I, he's going to be effective running the football. You played Demarius Thomas and uh, one of um, uh favorite targets in, in um, uh, Emmanuel Sanders. I think you're going to do well here. I think you're going to do well, unless Paxton Lynch has a complete meltdown. Um, I don't think you're going to have a meltdown against this defense. I find it as Gary Kubiak and company are, are going to. Keep him in his comfort zone. All right, let's move on to another uh, 425 game. Uh, the other rookie quarterback that's starting, um, and uh, I think this is the last rookie quarterback that's starting, would be uh, Cincinnati at the Dallas Cowboys and Dak Prescott. Tyler Eifert is out again. Um, tight end C.J. Uzma and Tyler Croft are going to fill in. Uh, Lance Dar- Denbar is not expected to play. And Death Bryant is also expected to miss another game. And uh, it's indoors. Uh, if, uh, if it's ideal conditions, then the roof will be open. If not, they'll close the roof and they'll play, but it's indoors. Weather's not going to affect it one way or the other. Let me put it that way. Um, now, I know Cincinnati is a decent defense. Dak Prescott's another one of these rookie quarterbacks that hasn't turned the ball over yet, um, and I don't expect him to throw turn the ball over here. I expect him to be healthy. I mean, uh, um, uh, effective in this game. Uh, Cincinnati is 23rd in preventing fantasy points uh, from the uh, quarterback position. What they do best is stop points from the running back and a tight end position to ninth and 11th, the 20th. In the wide receiver position. So, what is the strong suit of the Dallas Cowboys? Running the football. Zeke Elliott going to run the football. He's going to get to that century mark. You, you start. You, you've been starting them all this time. There's no need to stop. Them. You start them, and, and, and that that what line they're going to be able to run the football. I have every confidence in the world they're going to be able to run the football. You put their PBR machine in there, and also in Cole Beasley, who's Dak Prescott. Loves throwing to. Um, Jason Witten is going to be effective in this game. Uh, Dak Prescott likes to save throws. And I keep saying this. And I know this is redundant. And you hear me say this over and over and over again. And I keep saying it because I'm trying to harp, harp, uh, pound it into you. The best friend of a young quarterback, especially rookie quarterback, who doesn't want to turn the ball over And make mistakes And put this team in bad situations to throw them to the tight end Safe throw Middle of the field Big target uh, And Jason Witten, uh, uh, In my opinion A surefire Hall of Famer that it, it Just that And I think he gets a, a visit into the end zone I know he hasn't scored uh, And I think he gets A score here I think he gets a score here In this one And then do you play Terrence Williams? Ter- no, you play Bryce Butler. I like Bryce Butler to be a, a, a big factor in this game. So if you're looking for a wide receiver, three, four, five, somewhere around there, uh, or even a flex, and then this is a this is a, sh- sh- a deep flex here. It's Bryce Butler because I think the emphasis is going to be on Cole Beasley. And, and the second emphasis is going to be, besides Jason Witten, it's going to be on Terrence Williams. Bryce Butler. Hello. Move on to the, another 4, four clock game. Uh, it would be the – oh, I'm sorry. I forgot about Cincinnati. Hello. Hello in this game. Uh, Andy Dalton's a good play in here. Uh, I, I would like playing Andy Dalton in this game. Um, Dallas Cowboys. um, one of their weaknesses is defending uh, the fantasy points in, in the running back. I mean, uh, the quarterback position. They're 19th. What they do best is preventing fantasy points against the running back and wide receiver position, which is their number seven at both those both of those uh, positions, and their 30th in prevent, preventing fantasy points in the tight end position. Unfortunately, you don't have Tyler Eifert. Uh, otherwise, you would use him in in in, in here, and. The tight ends in um, Uzuma and um, and um, um, Croft are limited. Uh, Uzuma is probably, if you're hurting for a tight end, it, is one that you would use. Um, it's ironic that a lot of teams that have really good tight ends don't defend that position well. And the Dallas Cowboys are one of those. Like I said, they're 30th in preventing fantasy points against a tight end position. So if you're looking for a sleeper tight end, how about uh, C.J. Uzma? A.J. Green is a no-brainer. A.J. Green's a no-brainer. And quite naturally, um, PPR, Giovanni Bernard, uh, standard, Jeremy Hill. All right. Let's move on to the next game. That um, is another four o'clock game, and uh, we'll go to the um, Buffalo Bills at the Los Angeles Rams. At the Los Angeles Rams. Uh, Both these defenses are good plays against each other. Buffalo is a good play for the rest for the the rest of the month. Look at their look at their um their matchups. Um, I like their matchup from now until the end of the month, and uh, so if Buffalo's sitting on a wave of wire for whatever reason. Grab them up and use them confidently uh, for the uh, r- remainder of the month of uh, October. Michelle McCoy had a, a minor hand injury in practice Friday, but he's expected to play. Greg Salas, the wide receiver, is on IR along with uh, Sammy Watkins. Robert Woods and Marquise Goodwin will, will uh, be the lead wide receivers. And tight end Charles K- Clay was limited in practice all week. But as a... So you play both running backs, Lashawn McCoy and um, Todd Gurley. He's going to get better, people. He Slowly but surely, he's going to get better. Slowly but surely, he's going to get better. Robert Woods is the lead wide receiver for Tyrod Taylor. Um, I'm not expecting a lot from the uh, road team. It's probably going to be a, a low-scoring game. Um, 3-1. Pr- surprising um, Rams are 3-1. Bills are 2-2, but the Rams are 3-1. And Tyrod Galee to be able to run against this defense, which is um, – 23rd against the running back position. Quarter, quarterback, they're number four. They, they give you a real good pass rush. Um, they're 14th against the wide receiver position, pass rush, and they defend well on the back end. And they also defend well with the linebackers uh, and safeties uh, against the tight end position. Um, and 14th against the wide receiver position. That's, that's the uh, um, Buffalo Bills. But I like Todd Gurley to – Come near the century mark in here uh, He's been um, Practicing more and more in the passing Game so and, and and This is due in part because Sammy Excuse me Benny Cunningham has been hurt And they, they used him Last week more in the passing Game and he came through so I think they're going to try To get their best player Involved in the offense Not just running the football But in the passing game which is beneficial Especially in PPR leagues Uh, Kenny Britt has been showing out, and Brian Quick, who scored twice last week and once in week three. Now, I know there's minimal catches, but the passing game, which really was limited in, in week one, has been opening things up and catching a lot of teams by surprise. Uh, with Case Keenum as the quarterback, who has limited arm strength. Um, but they're finding this, this. I have to admit that the Los Angeles Rams are fanning their repertoire and in, in, in the type of plays that are being called and being able to find ways to creatively use the targets, uh, use the pieces that they have on the offensive side of the ball. They got a stellar defense, the, the offense need to do a little bit more and they and they're trying they're finding ways. Um and, and the defense as a supporting not a supporting cast, but lead lead member and the offense supporting cast have uh, been working well. They're three and one with a strong possibility of going four and one uh uh against Buffalo Bills. Um, so that that that's how it is with um with with that with that game. Let's move on to uh the next I think the last four o'clock game which happens to be the San Diego Chargers um uh hosting the uh division no going on the road to face the um division rival, old AFL uh um opponents. Uh the uh Oakland Raiders, uh, San Diego Chargers, Oakland Raiders are one of the first AFL teams. Now they're quite naturally in the AFC, and they're still division rivals. Antonio Gates is expected to return, but uh, will probably be limited. Um, Tight end Hunter Henry had been filling in actively for him, so I would play Hunter Henry. Um, Antonio Gates is probably a week or so away from being – Heavily involved in the offense. Philip Rivers is one of Philip Rivers' favorite targets. The uh, Tavius Murray is out. Rookie Deway, DeAndre Washington and Jalen Richard will fill in. Um, uh, and let me tell you, people, I expect this to be a high scoring game. I expect this to be a very high scoring game. Uh, both these teams like to chuck the football around. They got quarterbacks to do it with and 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 wide receivers to 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 accommodate those quarterbacks um i think phillip rivers is a no brainer in this here uh he i guess he gets his three hundred and a couple of touchdowns uh love melvin gordon running against the um twenty um, seventh against fantasy points against the running back position in uh, oakland they can't stop a, a cold breeze uh, even if they had a door in front of him. Um, so Melvin Gordon, I think, is going to run wild again. I told you about Melvin Gordon. It, it, um, August 25th is when I tweeted out. That I think he's going to um, fulfill what the San Diego Chargers had drafted last year in the 2015 draft, and he's proven me right up until this point. All right, Travis Benjamin is a viable player. I love Terrell Williams. Uh, The the big rage last week was uh, Dontrell Inman. Um, And I love Terrell Williams. I picked him up. I'm using him. Um, I think he he gets a trip into the end zone. Uh, um, So you play them with confidence without a shadow of a doubt. On the other side, DeAndre Washington, you put him in there as your RB, two because I think he's going to give you those type of numbers against the defense, that 31st, preventing fantasy points in the running back position. 29th against the quarterback, 10th against the wide receiver, and 24th against the tight end. So what's that tell you? Hunter Henry should have a a decent, I mean, uh, Clive Alford should be a a decent play in here. If you're missing a tight end, Jimmy Graham, uh, uh, not Jimmy, yeah, uh, Jimmy Graham, um, uh, Kobe Fleener, uh Travis Kelsey, why not Clive Walford? Why not? Can't hurt. I love Amari Cooper in here. Finally get the trip into the end zone. You finally, it's, it's going to produce an end zone trip against this defense. Derek Carr, just like Phillip Rivers, I think he's going to throw for over 300 yards, a couple touchdowns. Been hot, been on fire. Michael Crabtree caught three touchdowns last week. Amari Cooper has yet to score a touchdown. They're going to get Amari Cooper in the end zone, and this is a prime example, uh, prime time for him to do that. All right, let's move on to the 8:30 game, the night game, which is the New York Football Giants going to destroy Lambeau Field, and a and a and a um a green Bay team that is coming off a bye uh, and playing at home and uh, feeling good about themselves and, uh, 52 degrees and it's supposed to be clear, which is a good thing. No inclement weather. It's, It's going to be great football at night. Weather. Uh, Rashad Jennings is a game time decision. It looks like, uh, uh, Orleez, Darkwell, and Bobby Rainey are going to play. Now, I'm telling you, people, I'm telling you, now, and, and I'm keep on. i going to emphasize this as much as I can. I watched this young rookie get his opportunity and make the best of it. I'm, this is another guy. This is a running back. I'm telling you to put on your roster and wait. This is the running back of the future. I'm talking about Paul Perkins. He can catch the football, and he can run between the tackles. Paul Perkins. I think I talked about him in the, pre, before, in the preseason. I'm talking about him again. They're moving it, using this kid sparingly, before the end of the year, he's going to be the starting running back. Paul Perkins, remember I said that. Tight end Larry Donnell is out, so Will Ty will be the um, starting tight end. Uh, Jared Cook is out, so Richard Rodgers for the uh, Green Bay Packers will be the starting tight end. What do, we, what do we do here? Now, the Green Bay Packers, defense, 28th in preventing fantasy points against the running back I mean, quarterback position. They're number one, preventing points against the running back position. The Giants don't run the football that well. They throw it a lot better than they run it. And that falls right into the Giants' wheelhouse because the Green Bay Packers are a 30th in preventing fantasy points against the – wide receiver position and twenty seventh against a tight end position. So what should the Dines do? It's a passing offense already. So they're gonna pass it, Odell Beckham. You get these guys that haven't gotten a trip into the end zone yet, these named wide receivers, are Amari Cooper already talked about. He gets a trip into the end zone. Um Odell Beckham Junior get the trip into the end zone and has the big game um against this um Passing defense in Green Bay that is not all that. Uh, Sterling Shepard does the same thing. And uh, uh, Victor Cruz gives you double digits. So Sterling Shepard is a good – Victor Cruz or Sterling Shepard. More Sterling Shepard is a good flex flex option for you. Victor Cruz is probably a 4-5. I think he's going to get you double digits because of the type of offense that the Giants run which is a pass-oriented offense, which Eli, I think, is going to get over 300 yards. Um, I don't have to tell you to play um, um, Aaron Rodgers. Now the Giants, they've spent a lot of money on their defense, and it's starting to pay off. They're number five in preventing fantasy points against the quarterback position. Number eight against the running back, still got issues to deal with in the wide receiver, They're 19th. And a tight end, they're 20th. So what's that spell? What's that say to you? Aaron Rodgers, I think he's going to, he's not, maybe not throw for 300 yards. I think he's going to throw for the mid-200s, 240, 250. Throw for a couple of touchdowns. One of them to his favorite target in Jordy Nelson, who's back. Got him on the cheap, people. He's back. A lot of people doubted because he's coming from ACL. I got him. Uh, I think Third or fourth round, I forgot exactly when I got Jordy Nelson, but um, he's back. Without a shadow of a doubt, he is back. Uh, and I think he gets his 70, 80 yards and, and, a, and a score against this, this giant um, backside defense. Uh, Eddie Lacy, I know the Giants have been running well. I mean, have been defending to run well. I think Eddie Lacy gets a – because of the type of offense and because that they're going to get down in the red zone, especially – uh, inside the five-yard line No more John Kuhn. <laughs> John Kuhn can't steal A touchdown Can't be a, a, a touchdown vulture For the Green Bay Packers anymore He's, he's with the uh, New Orleans Saints So Mark Ingram uh, owners have to deal with that So Eddie Lacy is going to be the man Five-yard and in To the end zone Eddie Lacy get the trip into the end zone Maybe not a lot of yards 50-60 yards But he's going to get a trip into the end zone um, and there you have it for the, that game. Last game on the agenda would be the Tampa Bay Buccaneers visiting the uh, shell-shocked Carolina Panthers. Uh, went to uh, Atlanta and got absolutely blasted by the 500-yard uh, passing of Matt Ryan and 300-yard receiving. Of Julio Jones and are looking to rebound from that, playing their the, the other division rival in the um, uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, Temperature is supposed to be around 58 degrees and clear. Uh, both their starting and backup. Doug Martin and Charles Sims are, are, are doubtful, and neither is expected to play. Looks like it's going to be the Jack Wes Rogers show, which is fine. Um, Cam Newton is out. Derek Anderson is a great play in here. He's a great play in here for the simple reason that the two times that Derek Derek Anderson played the um, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, which was back in 2014, believe it or not, he played very well. Um, and he'll be the starter. Jonathan Stewart is out. Uh, Cameron, Cameron Artis-Payne and Fozzie Whitaker will uh, fill in and uh, be the uh, starting running backs in here. All right, so like I said, Derek Anderson is a play here. Jameis Winston, I think he throws with just like Aaron Rodgers, I think he throws for mid-200s, 240, 250, throws for a couple of touchdowns. Um, Jacques Rodgers can be used in a running and passing game. Uh I think he gets a double digit so if you're looking for a flex, I guess he would be a good flex. Um very low end RB2, very low end RB2. The the play here in my opinion would be the tight end, Cameron Brate, who who James Winston loves thrown to and and Uh, Just like a lot of teams that have a prolific tight end, the Carolina Panthers are 29th preventing fantasy points in the tight end position. And Cameron Brait, no more Austin Safarian Jenkins, and he's he's the only option, basically, in the tight end. And James Winston likes throwing to him. And I think he gets a trip into that end zone, that friend zone that we all love. So you play Cameron Brait. Um, because I think the best friend for a young quarterback is the tight end position, safe throw right in the middle of the field, big target. Cameron Brait is just that. And Mike Evans, who he likes throwing to also, and it's the main wide receiver. PPR, looking for a flex, looking for a three or four, maybe five wide receiver if that's what you got. Adam Humphreys. He likes Adam Humphreys, a nice possession wide receiver. He likes throwing to Adam Humphreys. Vincent Jackson is an afterthought. So it is what it is. On the other side of the ball, like I told you, Eric, Derek Anderson playing at home, playing against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, is an absolutely good play against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who are 22nd against the quarterback or running back position preventing fantasy points. 31st and a wide receiver. What they do best is guard against the tight end. Now, we're talking about Greg Olson, so you're not going to see Greg Olson. Greg Olson's going to be played. He's going to be played. You're going to play. Um, out of the two, I would play Fossey Whitaker over Cameron Artis Payne. Simple for the reason that Father Whitaker can be used in a passing game, so he's more of a dual threat versus Cameron Artis Payne. You play Calvin Benjamin, You play Calvin Benjamin. You play Calvin Benjamin because Derek Anderson is going to be thrown to him early, and often, right along with Gray Olson. There we have it. There we have it. There we have it. Now, try to give you some, some some deep picks. I try to tell you, go on a wave of wire and pick up guys that uh, are probably sitting out there that I think are going to be um, fantasy relevant either this week or uh, shortly down the road. Um, Along with that running back position. Wendell Smallwood, think about that. DeAndre Washington, I mentioned that. Um, he's being used more and more because of the uh, ineffectiveness of Latavius Murray. So um, Washington and Jalen Richards are going to see more touches, um, more of uh, Washington versus Richard. Uh, Robert Woods, I told you about him. Um, Bryce Butler, I told you about him. And there's one, one guy that I, is a sneaky flex play and then Chris Hogan. I also told you about Sammy Coates um, and Cole Beasley. Uh, you may want to talk think about these guys. Uh, I, I told you about uh, Terrence uh, Williams. I told you about Jeremy Curley. I told you about Brian Quick. Try these guys. I also told you about Zach Ertz. Now, I don't know if he's a sleeper, but most a lot of people, have forgot about him. Um, especially last week, he was hurt. I mean, last week was a bye week, and a week before, um, for a few weeks, he was hurt. Well, he's back, and he, he's going to be a tight end one, uh, along with what I told you about, Zach Miller. Brian Hoyer likes throwing Zach Miller. Told you about Hunter Henry, and I told you about Cameron Braid. And I also told you about the Buffalo Bills. Look at the – they get the Rams, 49ers, and Dolphins coming up. I like the Buffalo Bills to end, end the month. With those three, with, including this week, with those three teams, um, and I also told you like the Rams this week, and quite naturally, uh, I told you that the the defense, Philadelphia's defense, is one of the top defenses in fantasy. I don't know what's more to tell you, and let me put it this way: one more sneaky, not the sneaky, but it, it makes sense. How about the Pittsburgh Steelers going up against the Jets in Pittsburgh? and Ryan, who has been a turnover machine. Well, there you have it. I've given you a lot of things. Hopefully, it will benefit you for a win. Now and in the future. Now it's time for me to go and say go- goodbye. I hope you enjoy your, your fantasy uh, weekend including Monday night, and hopefully they um, to a win and uh, um, one step closer for you to get into the playoffs. That being said, I'm JT, a.k.a. The Master. It's been a pleasure uh, giving out all this information to you. It's been a pleasure to spend the time on a Sunday morning. Uh, Enjoy the rest of the weekend, like I said, and peace out.